Oh man, every time the the friggin uh there was a hacker in anything, it's just always like or anytime any computer starts to like go wrong, it's oh, the hackers are in. <laughs> They've gotten into our system and there's just like no like real definition as to how they like hacked the computer to be able to do something. I was watching a movie, I can't remember what it what it was recently. Kayla and I were watching a movie and it was literally that where it's like a computer starts acting erratically or like some information like disappears from a network or something. And they're like, ah, oh, the hackers. <laughs> like, why is everything that is just explain it all away with oh, hackers? Like every time. They're just that good. There is that. There is that really good scene with not Penn and Teller, but the one guy, the, the, the bigger guy, um, which, which one's that Penn or Teller or whatever. Uh, oh, Teller Penn is, is Penn is the one who talks. Yeah, Teller's both... the, the mute. What? I didn't know that. Anyway, apparently the I don't know guy. much what? about them. That's their whole deal. I had no <laughs> idea that was a, that was a thing. Like I'm that's actually 100 so serious. Talk. Yeah, I had no. Anyway, well, the one guy that that speaks, I guess, he was in Hackers, and he has this scene where he's like sitting in their data center, but for some reason, again, it's like I don't know, 80s or I think it's 90s, where they're. <laughs> Like he's in a data center, but the data center has like these big like towers all around him and stuff like this, like these glass towers. And he make, makes the call. He's like, I think we got a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. All right. We're hiring you to make the call. For the record, Teller, <laughs> Teller can speak. It's just part yeah. of their act. He doesn't speak. Yeah. There's like a number of interviews or something online where he's like, He's just talking. <laughs> He's just like a normal guy. Yeah. He's just like, so what, what was the idea behind uh, not talking as your gimmick? Whatever. I don't know. Hello. Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 386. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Today, I got with me Tim Spence. How you doing, Tim? Whoa, whoa. Doing good. Matt Lawrence, good? you're also here. Oh, you sound fine, yeah. You guys, you guys adjusted your microphones. Big time audio tweaks. You guys got the same microphones, the same microphone, the same microphone software. I know. I know you're thinking, hey, that sounds an awful lot like a sure SM7B microphone. But no, you'd be wrong. I didn't. I didn't think that. Okay. I I know what microphone you guys have. That sounds like an Audio Technica (laughs) WB40 or whatever. I don't. I don't remember what they're called. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, why Why does all technology have numbers and letters as their names? Because there's so many of them. You can still have a, a, a nice, decent name. So there, there's there's two Wave microphones that I'm aware of. There's a lesser featured wave. one, See, Wave one. That's a good, that's and there's, a good thing. Wave. No, hang on, though. But you have a lesser featured one called the Wave one, and there's a more featured one called the Wave three, and those are the only two I'm aware of. Yeah. What do you call them? If you don't want it to have the number, what do you call them? The wave microphone, the Elgato microphone. But then I'm like, which the one? Elgato wave. Which one? The one. So there's the Elgato wave, and then like what? The Elgato wave pro or something like that. Yeah. But then you're gonna have pro and plus on on everything, and people are getting fatigued of that. I just don't want a bunch of a string of letters and numbers in random orders. No, yeah, I I agree though. I agree with that. I agree with not having like 700. You know, when a computer's like. This is the Compaq 0XZD4898783Q-1. Like, what the yeah. hell? Not to be confused but, with the Q-2. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was just talking about the uh, the LG C2. Everyone calls it the C2. 
but it technically has a name with a bunch of letters and stuff in it. You know, yeah. it's just that C2 appears in the name. It's the same with the Sony TVs, too. Yeah. It's like everybody calls it by the, the last two digits of the serial number. Well, not the serial number, but the serial number-like name that it has. But then, in reality, it's actually, like, quite a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, some of our top stories this week. Uh, E3 season. Well, it's not really E3 season, I guess, but June is upon us. Next... Uh, <laughs> In a couple months here. Um, <laughs> and so uh, Xbox has announced their Xbox and Bethesda games showcase uh, for June 12th, which is the normal date and the normal time uh, that they normally have their E3 conference. Activision Blizzard shareholders approve sale to Microsoft. Uh, so maybe in the following E3 era, it might be the Xbox, Bethesda, Activision, and Blizzard. <laughs> Oh my game god. <laughs> Half the gaming industry showcase brought to you yeah. by Microsoft. Yeah. Or maybe you could combine it and just be X X Beth Actably. Boo. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. PlayStation, <laughs> PlayStation has set up a new game preservation team. So that's what we'll be talking about. Uh I was gonna start off with what we're playing. Tim Spence, what were you playing? Um, honestly, just kind of uh, Elden Ring still, just kind of passively. I've been going through the New Game Plus run uh, Ooh, no a little game. bit every, every couple of days. Um, there's a lot less on the line in a New Game Plus run, I find, because <laughs> you're, you're not really like you, you're pretty well kitted if you if you spend any decent amount of time in your first playthrough, like making a good build and like um my one regret is that like i want i went into a new game plus thinking like all right second playthrough i'm gonna like try a more more variety of playstyles and things like that and i'm gonna have like i'm gonna get different uh you're gonna use different weapons i'm gonna maybe like make a different build so i'm not just all strength maybe i'll start going into like arcane and things like that um and this is through like the the respecking that you can do in the game and my one regret is that be, like I wanted to try out different weapons, but because New Game Plus is, uh, it sort of assumes that you have maxed out weapons, like plus 10 somber weapons or plus 25 regular weapons. And if I was like halfway through, um, or not halfway through, but like just starting New Game Plus, you don't have access to all of the like upgrade materials because what you can do in the game is you can find these like uh, items that let you buy as many upgrade materials as you want. And it takes some doing to like get them. Usually you have to like complete a dungeon or find it in a difficult area kind of thing, but you can get these like minor bells, but you take, you can take those back to the shop in round table hold. And then you can um, buy whatever you want as long as you have the, uh, the runes for it. So I was kind of stocking up at the end of my first playthrough on these upgrade materials. But I really wish that I had like just grinded and grinded and grinded a ton of runes and then just bought like 100 or 200 of every stone so mm. that in my second playthrough, if I wanted to try a new, a new weapon out, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about upgrade materials. I can just really quickly max this out to 25 or to 10 or whatever. And then um, I can play with, with that. We'll see how that goes. Because if I'm trying to use a non-upgraded weapon in New Game Plus, I'm doing like 
50 damage against these enemies that have double the health or triple the health that they had the first time around. So that's my, my one regret. But overall, you know, I'm, I'm like, I've gone through the game a little bit more, so I have access to more upgrade materials and things. So it's not impossible. Um, plus, just like going around and exploring, you you find upgrade materials as well as you would in a normal playthrough. So it's a it's a slower process, but it's still fun. And like for the most part, I'm kind of sticking with the weapons that I used the first time through anyway. Um, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the point where I can have all of my upgrade materials uh, easily available. And I'm pretty sure the shop prices are not different in New Game Plus. So you're getting a lot more runes from enemies, but your your prices aren't increased. So it's a lot easier to like grind out a ton of you know consumables in New Game Plus. Um, but yeah, it's 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 good fun. Um, I also on stream I started up and finished this week uh, a game that would be considered a Souls like I suppose uh, called Death's Door. <clears throat> Death's Door, which is a uh, a Microsoft Studios exclusive currently. Uh, it's made by Devolver Digital. Um, I think it might be coming to PlayStation sometime this year. I'm not 100% on that. But um, it's uh, it's it's really good. The, the art style is very charming. Um, all the characters are like birds. All the main characters are birds. They're crows because they like work for death. So they're all reapers. And you basically are assigned like a soul that you have to go reap. And you are tasked with uh, reaping a giant soul, which is like a, a prominent figure, I guess, in life. And uh, that's sort of the whole basis of the story. But it's you can definitely see the like inspirations that they took from games like Dark Souls and things like Zelda. Um, one of the dungeons in the game is literally just like the forest temple from Ocarina of Time mashed up with the, um, the like snowy, uh, manor level in the mountain from Twilight Princess. But you know what? It works and, uh, it's, it's really good. But the art is really, really, really good, really charming. It's like an isometric, uh, top down action souls like game, um, with not super complicated combat. It's pretty much just dodging and attacking. There's a small variety of weapons. You can get like a your standard sword, or you can get daggers. You can get a big hammer, or you can get a great sword. Um, there's also an umbrella, which is just the sword, the standard sword, but half the damage. I was really hoping that there would be like something in the game that secretly upgrades the umbrella to be the best weapon, but uh, never found that. Unfortunately, missed opportunity, I think. But anyway, it's uh, but it's really good. It's like it's one of those games where you can finish the story and then. Once you've finished the main story and beat the last boss, there's a um, there's like a little cutscene that shows something something happening in the world, and then if you go there, you get a key to this like gate, and then you can go behind the gate and ring this bell that then makes the world like nighttime instead of daytime, and then every level is different at night, so you can basically go through the whole game again, uh, but at nighttime. Hmm. So it's just I found that was a kind of a clever way to sort of reuse your areas um, so that they didn't necessarily have to have so much more like development uh, put into like a post game kind of thing. 
but then yeah like some of the enemies are different and then there's like different puzzles you can do at nighttime and or certain things are only accessible after you've beaten the game um and sort of without really intending to i did a 100 percent playthrough of the game but uh oh if you like those like action rpgs i really recommend it it's honestly a really really good game and uh it's it's definitely not like as polished in terms of like scaling and difficulty i would say like uh, like dark souls or anything from soft is but um overall it's it's pretty good i found it pretty easy to get through most of the game but then the the last probably hour or so i found the difficulty really ramped up the last boss took me a number of tries to beat but wow. um then after i finished it and i was watching the end credits i'd never seen this before the end credits of the game soft locked because it's like running as like a, a backdrop for the credits it's like running things in engine and you're seeing characters like walking around locations that you've been to in the game or that exist in the game um and then it's just sort of having the text scroll on screen but then it got to a section where it was start it was supposed to start having like the rolling credits going from the bottom to the top and they just never came and i was like wait what the hell's happening here and then I, I had to like alt F4 out of the game because I couldn't like there wasn't no, there wasn't like a skip credits or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to exit out of the game. And then once I did, I went back in. I was in front of the last boss again. And I was like, oh, God, I have to beat him again. <laughs> uh, but then I did it first try. So that was fine. And the credits didn't break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing to break. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen the credits in a game break before, but. There you go. It can happen, I suppose. Um, yeah, really, really solid game. Um, and then uh, for the first time uh, next week, I am going to be doing an Ocarina of Time randomizer. I've never done a randomizer before, uh, but I figured out how to get that going. And uh, that will be Monday. But that's awesome. pretty much been uh, been me. Matt, how about you? Me? Um, what have you been playing? So I've been playing some strategy games piecemeal. Uh, there's a bachelor party that I'm a part of coming up uh, in coming weeks, and we're testing uh, some land-friendly games to make sure they're still land-friendly because we haven't had one since around college, so it's been a number of years. So we've been updating those games, testing them out, trying some different ones. Uh, specifically, we tried out Sins of Solar Empire so far and Stellaris as well. Some of them are literally you still play over the internet, but we're just going to be playing it in the same room. Um, but we're just like testing it out, figuring out best settings, that type of stuff, just so that it goes smoothly during the day. A of. WAN party? A WAN party, yeah. Although we'd all be in the same room, um, which is a little weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's there's that. Um, but other than that, I did quite a bit of Elden Ring, actually, with uh, with you, Tim. Uh, quite a bit on your New Game Plus, which helped me out immensely in terms of my leveling. I'm up to yeah. level 120-something, I think. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe 121 or something. Uh, I'm still in the same spot I am in the single player. I'm in the mountains. I just got across the very thin little bridge thing. Got a couple got of graces. Yeah, that thing. I, I got a couple a very dangerous bridge. Not up to code. Uh, I got a I got a couple of graces over there, and that that's just where I've been. So I haven't gone any further that way. How's um, the game running nowadays? It's running better. It gets better and better every time. It's one of those games that, on the PC anyway, for me, I just let it set its own settings up. I never messed yeah. with the uh, short of the resolution because the resolution was just wrong. So I, the only thing I set was resolution. <laughs> Everything else I let it set. So some stuff's like ultra, some stuff's low, some stuff's off, some stuff's on, whatever. 
I just let it do it. I don't care. Looks good enough. And when an update came out, it actually looks worse. So I think that it turned something else off, but I didn't care again. I just left it. But there's still these hiccups in certain areas where it starts to chug. But people always kind of seem to freak out about this. But I, and we all see this in many games across. It's like, oh, like that one biome is too populated. There's too much stuff or this and that. That's not necessarily how it works in Elden Ring. There's certain areas that seem to chug and that doesn't, there doesn't seem to be an obvious reason. It's not like there's a big giant there or a big castle there or a very large view distance, a mandatory view distance uh, Bunch challenge of particle there. effects. Yeah, it's sometimes it's just, in, I'm in the middle of a cliff, it's dark and it, uh, it just starts chugging. So I don't know what that is, whether it's trying to transition areas or something like that. Not sure on that, but there's that. But uh, getting through the game, I'm wearing full... Um, uh, tree sentinel armor which is the armor i wanted i have their weapon in their uh their shield as well oh i also s- switched to their shield so i switched to the the great tree sentinel i don't know the bigger ones i try i switched to their shield they have like the really long great shield so i have their shield and i'm still using the weapon from the ever jail the blood curved sword i don't know what it's called the blood hand thing that's it so i got that going still um i might switch at some point to one of the weapons from the Tree Sentinels, just because that's like kind of the aesthetic I'm going for, obviously. I might tr- switch to that, but I just have enough endurance um, alongside, obviously, a carry weight limit uh, talisman as well <laughs> to be able to not slow roll with all this stuff on. So there's that, um, which is nice. So I'm getting through that, and then I hope to go back to my game and get, because I was helping you actually, Tim, get, we actually or catching you up in your new game plus to where I was, or at least last time I seen your save. So like yeah. you've, you've probably lapped me at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's, that's been pretty fun. And other than that, this week in terms of, I guess, single player, I completed the uh, rest of the Terminator resistance game. Uh, I completed the DLC that I was doing, which was really good. The ending was really, really good. I even took a clip of one of the cutscenes because it's, it's just like a perfect embodiment of like what the, what the movie would be like if it was in a game. Like it's the game's really true to the movies. Um, so I beat that. It was a story DLC. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I'll give out a major spoiler now at the end, but what's really cool is, is they always seem to tie things into the movies. And sometimes it's little funny things like in the main campaign, not the DLC, they have a part where you're answering questions or something. Or you're having some sort of conversation and you can answer with easy money, you know, which is a little like thing from T2. Um, Little things like that. But they always seem to tie the stories into open-ended things that are from the movie. So, for example, you know, you go through this all this all this uh, campaign and yada yada. And then um, you it, it gets revealed that Kyle Reese received something. And what it was was John Connor wanted him to find it. And it ends up being the picture of Sarah that he has in the first movie. So that's an open-ended thing that's not really fully ever explained as far as I know. It certainly isn't explained in the first movie. And so it's like a little thing where it's like, oh, this is cool. It's like a tie-in. Um, and it's like subtle. It's not like super in your face and obvious. And if you didn't know what that was, even your character is puzzled. You'd be like, like, what the hell is this type of thing? Like, why would he want you to have this? That So that that's pretty cool. Um, and then the next mode, which was another DLC, um, is called uh, Infiltrator Mode, where you play as a Terminator. <laughs> the very first thing they do is train you to Terminator throw which is really hilarious. You just pick humans Aww. up and they're like, they're like, ah, and you just like whip them. So like, That's so I, stupid. I picked one guy up and threw him and he was hurt. I didn't, I thought he was dead. 
And his, his partner's there. His partner's freaking out. I pick him up and just throw him into the ground. He dies instantly. His partner gets up. The guy that I originally threw gets up. I'm like, oh, shit. And I pick him up, and he's the only one with a weapon. <laughs> and I whip him, but I didn't realize that I could throw that far. And I whipped him out of the map so I didn't have a gun uh, for a while. So I had to <laughs> throw around a couple other sets of humans to get some weapons. But that mode is is super cool. So what it is is it's it, it's not a campaign. It's a 40-minute-ish mode. You can't save. And you start in a map. And the map, it has differences every time. So it's I don't believe it's procedurally generated, but it'll have differences. And what you do is you are looking for a particular target. You're looking for, uh, you know, a colonel or whatever in the resistance. And you don't know where they are on the map. Now, you could just stumble upon them, but they're very hard to find. So you can run around this map and you can find uh, repair kits for yourself. You can find... Intel, that's what you're look, that's what you're after, is so you can find intel on stuff and you can find intel on attack comm units from the resistance, the resistance outposts themselves, like radio stations and stuff like this. Resistance laboratories, which you can literally breach in like you did, like they showed in the first movie where you breach in through a door and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, it's a Terminator, and everyone starts like shooting at you. Um you could there's also uh like a survivor aspect as well. So there's like people that aren't in the resistance that are surviving around. You can use the intel from their places and find intel on them and find their areas. So they'll have little outposts. They'll have uh, food storage, which you can destroy the food, of course, because you're trying to destroy humanity. So you destroy their supplies. You can kill the people in there. Uh, it's really, really cool. You have a Terminator vision. So you have like that red vision with the UI over your face, like you, you, you've seen in the movie several times. You can also just go in straight, you know, sort of regular color, but you want to use that Terminator vision because it highlights people uh, allows you to target them you, there's snipers hiding in places there's i think there's like mines hiding in places um and the areas move around so i remember i the first time i went through i died because i just had didn't have a great grasp on what was going on so I, I booted it up again and i remembered where i died which was a lab a resistance lab so i go back to that same spot it was closed off so i was like oh this is cool like i can go back through this and when i eventually did finally beat it by killing my target you get a um, you get a, like a score and it'll say like, oh, you know, you, you went to a downed HK aerial and you did this and you found this much tech and you destroyed this many outposts and you get bonus points for killing the resistances, uh, radio station. That's a thing. What's cool about it is that if you're really low on health and you're hurt, you can run around and find areas that have Skynet tech and inside Skynet tech, you loot it, you get a repair kit. But what's cool is, is that the survivors generally don't have, or maybe never have, uh, any plasma weapons. And so I don't know if they can damage you at all. If they do, it's very little. And that's true in the, in the main campaign as well. You have to wait till you get a plasma weapon until you can fight an actual Terminator. So go, if you're really weak, you know, you don't go after the TACCOM, you don't go after the resistance, you go after the survivors, they're easier to go after. Hopefully you'll find some tech and some intel or or some intel from where they're at to find out where some Skynet tech is to, to then repair yourself. And then you can go after the resistance because they can actually kill you. Uh, it's super cool. Um, what I really liked about it was you can run around just like a regular soldier for the most part. You know, there's nothing really stopping you. But however they tuned the game had me walking around like a Terminator, like looking looking very like methodically, like left, right, scanning, 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 going back and forth. And there's no incentive to do this. It's just the most, at least in my opinion, the most efficient way to actually hunt these humans, which is super interesting. It's like how they tuned it made me play like the Terminator does in the movie. I didn't have to do that. I could go all full call duty on them if I really wanted to. But 
that's the game's just, getting into your brain. It's turning you into a machine. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's the positioning of the AI and that's just the most efficient way to play it or, you know, whoever it is, but it was super fun. I thought it was going to be a gimmick, especially when I saw, when I saw you couldn't save, I was like, Oh, this is like a stupid mode. I'm going to go through this. Like, you know, once it's going to take 15 minutes, it's not going to take the 40 and it's going to be easy, but having gone through it once failed and then once successfully, it's super cool. And they tie it into the story as well. So you kill this, this officer or whatever from the resistance, you get some Intel from a terminal. That's the last thing you do to kind of like leave the area. And, What's the info that or the intel that's on that terminal is who John Connor's mother is, and so then that ties up like the loose end from the first movie where well how did they know it was Sarah Connor how did they know who who she was so that's super cool um so I've been having a blast with that game but I've I've completed it and then I continued the I've been doing doing the Fortnite continuing that and uh, we've been doing actually quite well in that doing getting a, a win or two a night which is which is nice every time we play it anyway. And I've also been doing uh, the the Tekken 7 campaign, which is like really ridiculous. Uh, it's pretty cool seeing seeing the sort of main location for Tekken 4 again, though. That's my favorite Tekken game. It's going back there, learning more about Heihachi and stuff like that. Uh, one thing that's really funny, though, is the game screwed up and it gave me control of the wrong character. And so I killed myself in the campaign and I lost because of that. So what? I was pl- that's wild. So I was playing as Hihachi for a mission and how the game works is you play for both sides like you just do fights and so they give you a control of like a character it's like these two characters are going to fight you're just going to like you're going to play for this side now you're going to play for this side now you're going to play for this like it's irrelevant. You just kind of do these fights. And I was playing as Hihachi against uh Kazuma I think it was. So I was playing as against Kazuma. Kazuya. And no there's also Kazuya. Oh. So I think I'm pretty sure the guy's name is Kazuma. Anyway, it's a guy that Kazumi <laughs> hired to oh kill Heihachi and Kazuya. That guy. Um, I mean, Tekken spoilers, but so. <laughs> so I was playing as Heihachi and I was fighting and everything's fine. And and you fight Kaz- uh, Kazuma and then Kazuma goes down. There's a cutscene, you know, yada, yada. And another fight breaks out. At that point, I'm supposed to be in control of Kazuma. It gave me back control of Heihachi. And I know that for sure because I was blocking, jumping, doing everything. Like, I was moving the character around. I killed Kazuma again, and it's like, you lose. I was like, what? And then I realized, like, oh, that was kind of weird, actually. Usually you start on the left side of the screen, and I kind of started on the right side of the screen. Like, what the hell happened? And it didn't relinquish control of Heihachi for me. It, it, like, it gave me Heihachi again, but it was supposed to give me Kazuma, and I ended up killing myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... I mean, small bug. I pressed re- retry and it, and it worked just fine. But it's cool learning the the because uh, I like I said I really like Tekken uh, four and I've played Tekken three and Tekken two once I think as well. So it's cool learning more about the Mishima family and um, learning about like Kazuya's origins and his mother and why the father and son keep dropping each other off a cliff like a Spartan cliff. Um, in like every other game, they like you'll see like Hihachi throw Kazuya off a cliff, and then the next game Kazuya picks up Hihachi and throws him off the same cliff, and then the next game it's like that just keeps reversing and reversing and reversing. So that's uh, that's a recurring theme in Tekken, and um, so now we're getting more information. You get to actually see Kaz- Kazuya's mother, which I don't believe you've seen before, although I've skipped some Tekken games, uh, but I've never seen her before. So you get to learn the whole story there and all the rest of it. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, I think I'm close to the end though. Like it seems to be coming to a head 
And uh, the story's wild. It doesn't make any sense why corporations started a world war and then there was also still the UN and stuff. But how, why corporations started a world war against each other is a little confusing. I don't really know why that is. But anyway, uh, it's it, it's the world of Tekken. So it's <laughs> the future knows? that we well, there's are also, prepared for. But there's also people with devil DNA that can turn into devils. Devil DNA. Yeah, man. Correct. That's what Kazuya. Kazuya Mishima. Yeah, Kazuya has devil DNA. And so, like, devil DNA. So there's a part. There's a part, and this is a spoiler, but there's a part where Kazuma is hired from Kazumi, which is Kazuya's mother. So Kazuya's mother hires Kazuma (laughs) to. to, I I, I hope that guy's name is Kazuma, where he he is hired to kill Hihachi, which is Kazuya's father, and also kill her son, which is Kazuya, obviously. Hihachi, like, gets beat up, yada, yada, whatever in the story, and quote unquote fakes his death. So Kazuma goes after Kazuya and Hihachi goes, all right, now I'm like, I'm alive, broadcast to the world that I'm dead. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my satellite. Kazuya and Kazuma are gonna just f- has one of those. Uh, yeah, of course, because Kazuma and Kazuya are going to fight on top of the of Kazuya's uh, skyscraper. And I'm going to capture with multiple cameras <laughs> Kazuya going into devil form because Kazuma, Kazuma is too strong. Devil form. That's right. And then he uses that to spin a PR campaign against the other corporation because it's like, hey, look, this is actually run like G Corp, which is literally the name of the company, G Corporation. G Corporation is run in the shadows by Kazuya and Kazuya is actually a devil. (laughs) So my God. And also there's another character named Lars. That's also Hihachi's son. He's an illegitimate son. And the only reason why he had him is because he wanted to prove, I guess, to the world that he is not the one that had the devil DNA. His wife had the devil DNA. Devil DNA. That's why. Yeah. That, and that's why he killed her. <laughs> because she came at him like a devil, like in her devil form, and he killed her. That's just what I did, actually, in the game. So the game is fucking wild. <laughs> like, it's really wild. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. So... That's that's been my week. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> um, ask me what the heck what the heck did I be, uh, bu- 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 Oh, uh, me and Matt started uh uh Black Desert online. Oh, that's right. And it was literally Matt texting me. And it's like, you want to play Black Desert Online? Because I had bought it for him when it was on sale for like a dollar. And I <laughs> bought it for you as a joke. <laughs> and we decided to boot it up last night. And um, I really didn't know much about this game. I saw ads for it all over the place. And it was actually an ad that uh, spurred Matt to uh, text me to ask me if I wanted to try it. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Matt? Uh, it's pretty fun. Like, it feels like a Dynasty Warriors MMO, kind of. Um the one thing that I feel like is going to get out of control, like I'm not going to play this thing, you know, super. Oh, yes, you are super crazily like, you know, like not like a super. What you would you say involved like it like an MMO kind of expects it. But I feel like there's a lot to this game. Like I was telling you, I found gold that can be invested and like mm-hmm. you can get money from that. And then you can buy houses. You can buy like a farm. Then there's also you can buy like potato seeds and other plants. So it's like, am I like allowed to like buy land and and properties and have like a like a passive income empire like what what's going on in this game so there's a lot yeah. left for us to learn 
fun though. Yeah, it, it felt all right. I mean, it's like it's like any RP um, MMO, right? They're all kind of similar at this point. Although there's a couple weird. Uh, I, I'm having trouble with the uh, the UI. Things don't seem as intuitive, and I think that might be more because it's like a it's like an Asian um, MMO rather than like a Westernized MMO. Well, they're going to have like different UI. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. different, different places, like different styles. Um, it's pretty busy, a lot going on and a lot of icons that they don't tell you what they mean. Uh, this is the, I played a few like major MMOs and a lot of them like really go heavily into explaining things. This one does not. This one doesn't explain <laughs> anything. It doesn't tell you what anything means on the screen. You People just see like numbers all over the place. They're just yeah. talking about the lore and stuff. And I think I told you it was the first conversation we had. And I was like, six pieces of lore have just been introduced. <laughs> yeah. Like the one fun thing about it was the combat, which isn't like normal MMOs where you just kind of run up and, you know, hit some hotkeys or whatever. This one felt more like a, like an action game almost. That, that That's what more, I mean by dinosaurs. It felt like an yeah. action. Yeah. Felt more like that. So that was too, I, I think was like the first MMO that introduced more like interactive <laughs> combat like mm. that remember i i played like the early beta or whatever for guild wars 2 because i was a big wow fan i played wow on and off for about six years and um that was what kind of the biggest difference that i noticed was that wow was just really like click on an enemy all right keep hitting hockey till it's dead or click on an enemy keep hitting hockey till it's dead it got very very boring very fast um mm-hmm. it wasn't very it was more so about like the only challenge is in if your numbers are bigger than their numbers until one of you dies or like maybe a little bit of strategy involved if you're doing a raid, but there was no actual like difference in satisfaction depending on how you're playing. Um, which is funny because in their most recent expansion or I should say the upcoming expansion, Dragonflight, um, one of the, the new, uh, race and, uh, class, options is this sort of dragon dragon aspect caster and some of the spells you can press and hold the button to charge them to do a stronger version of the spell which is quite interesting and i wonder if they'll go ahead and do something similar for like every class where every class will have a pool of abilities that you can charge up and then Obviously, like they'll have a different effect or a greater effect or or whatever else, but I think that would be quite interesting if uh, mm-hmm. if they apply that because like I feel like people wouldn't it wouldn't feel like such a grind, you know, if the actual gameplay itself was a little more engaging. Yeah, and that's what always like I keep trying to go back to MMOs and I keep giving up after a couple of weeks because I just can't do the the grind anymore. It's just so monotonous and brain numbing. Doesn't feel like you have the time anymore either. A little bit. Like in, in, in high school, like you just your 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 job was school. And so you just went to school yeah. and then everything else it didn't matter what you did after that. Yeah. You know, so you could spend hours and hours just playing games, but but now it feels like I, I have a, a duty to go do something else. <laughs> well, it just like it always feels like a chore. And like mm-hmm. once a game feels like a chore, then I'm out. Yeah. Because like it's supposed yeah. to be fun and like I'm not I'm not trying to keep up with anybody or anything. I'm not about that anymore. So, so we'll see how long me and Matt play it. Um, 
I mean, uh, we're definitely going to be like extremely casual. Like I literally messaged yeah. you randomly and was like, here's a weird one. Let's try Black Desert Online just because I saw an ad and was like, let's just try it. You know, here's the amazing thing with my new internet. I was able to download it in uh, at least within time to play it. Well, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the same night. Yeah. Yeah. In the so. same damn night. Can you believe it? I can't. I really can't. It's uh, <laughs> It's been great. All right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, other than that, I've been just doing the Fortnite, doing the Fallout, all the chores that Tim hates. Um, yep, can't do it, man. Uh, well, you you play Fortnite like a chore. I'm there to fucking win every time. Oh, like, yeah. I, I, I go I'm, in, there, I'm just, there to fucking win. I'm there to play do the Fortnite. Challenges. I win Fortnite. <laughs> I, I am Fortnite. I am esports. I paid for that battle pass, and I want the items from that battle pass. So I'm going to do the challenges to get me more XP to get me unlocks in the battle pass. Half the time we'll say where are we dropping, and Ryan just marks like a tree out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and I'm like, "Are we dropping at that tree? Is there something there I'm not aware of?" You're like, "You guys go somewhere else. I'm going to do a challenge." Like, well, <laughs> fuck, like. So, as somebody yeah. who who doesn't know like anything about Fortnite, really, just real quickly, like, are are you? Are there like a bunch of things to do on the map during a game? Yes. Like oh, yeah. side objectives other than just playing the actual game. Yep. Okay. Getting getting That's up weird. links, like uh, there'll be little challenges like grab a battle bus and and visit three uh gas stations. Sometimes it'll be like grab a car and drive a certain amount of kilometers, grab a car and visit three gas stations in one match, stuff like that. Like there's challenges right. like can, that, but you then can there's fish. You can fish, yeah, you can fish up weapons, <laughs> guns, ammo, and actual fish. Yeah, oh yeah. Sure. Because why not? It's well because you don't even need to play Fortnite anymore. Like you can gain XP. You don't, <laughs> don't need to play, play the Battle Royale. Like you can literally play different modes that Epic, like people have made and created, right. or whatever. Oh, okay. And then Epic has approved and said, "Yep, here you go. Like use them for XP." And you could just, you could just play Team Deathmatch, or you can play like a game mode huh. with zombies if you want. Like it's, it's, Whoa. it's a metaverse. <laughs> like you do whatever you want. The Fortiverse. The well, Nightverse. But, I, but I'm there for the damn win. <laughs> Number one victory royale. Or a crown victory royale. Uh, oh, geez. Uh and then finally I uh I booted up uh Assassin's Creed 3 remastered on my PC. Oh god. Oh yeah. I just wanted to see how that looked and how it ran. And it still looks bad. It's still it's still an old game. <laughs> uh. Even the remastered version. Um the one kid's eyes in the beginning of the game uh, looked horrible. <laughs> they were like popping out of his head. It was just it was terrifying. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much I'll play of that. Child Rattle Naketon. And then I, I foolishly have been like <laughs> picking away at uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate trying to get some trophies. I have yet to get a single trophy though. Wait, why is that foolish? Uh, I don't know. I'm just wasting time. I think oh, I don't. I don't need the platinum. <laughs> I mean, I would like to get it, but I don't. Well, no one need needs the platinum. <laughs> no one's. No one's existence hinges on the platinum. No, I, yeah, I, I was going to say, Ryan, like based on your thing that you said about MMOs, no one has the time. It's like also in high school, we weren't buying games every week because it was like $70. So it's yeah. like you bought one game and then you just played it the whole time. If we played the same amount of gameplay time as we did in an MMO, we would be pretty damn far in that MMO. <clears throat> See, I think I think I was deprived of games as a kid. And I'm like, deprived. <laughs> and now I'm like, I have to play everything. Every every October, November, I buy almost every major AAA game. That's crazy. And uh, and 
I, I blame my parents for not giving me good video games when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? It's your fault. Although, uh, to be fair, we did have a uh, a used SNES that I played the crap out of Super Mario. Uh, nice. Super I beat Mario 3? Like several times. No, the, the first one. Oh, Super Mario World. Sorry. I was thinking yeah. of yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And gotcha. um, so I played the crap out of that, but then that thing broke. Uh, and That's I did have so a Game sad. Boy. I did have a Game Boy Color that I played the crap out of Pokemon on. So I did have some access to games when I was a kid, but it was my grandpa who bought me <laughs> my PS2, and then it was all over from there. Game all over, right. Grandpa. Let's look at the stories for this week. So, yeah, uh, E3 time period. It's coming up. I guess I should say Summer Games Fest time period now, since there is no E3. Oh. Uh, XE3 period. A Spirit Halloween period. A Spirit Halloween period, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Microsoft announced that they are having their Xbox and Bethesda game showcase on June 12th. They announced this on Twitter and on their own website. Uh, they said, today we are excited to announce that Xbox and Bethesda game showcase will stream on Sunday, June 12th at 10 a.m. Pacific. The show will feature amazing titles coming from the Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our partners from around the world. Uh, the Xbox and Games Showcase will include everything you need to know about the diverse lineup of games coming soon to the Xbox Xbox ecosystem, including upcoming releases to Game Pass on Xbox and PC. So, uh, the big question, I guess, is what do you guys want to see at this? Uh, Starfield. <laughs> That's a big one. That's yes. a big one. Fallout 5. Ooh. That's not happening. Okay. <laughs> I'll bet you a Panzerati. They might mention <laughs> Fallout 5. They might show a, a title card of Fallout 5, but I don't New think it'll Vegas be. Vegas 2. <laughs> 2 Vegas. Okay. 2 Vegas. I like that, actually. Too fast, to Vegas. Oh, you know what? When you said <laughs> that, what about that game that Obsidian has? That, uh, game, that RPG. Uh, yeah, grounded, grounded the game. <laughs> Not grounded. Don't they have an RPG where they just showed a couple of screenshots of somebody casting a spell or holding and everyone went nuts. something? Oh, right. Uh, it's been a number of years. It could be time a, for avowed. a little bit of a gameplay showcase. Avowed. Although, are they going to let anything overshadow Starfield? Yes. You think so? This is the Xbox conference as well. Well, they're going to show off other things, but would you show off... Like a big reveal, I would I would imagine Avowed is going to get a big reveal, in the same vein that Fallout Four got a big reveal at E three. Oh, I, well, I think their tentpole would probably be Starfield. It's the biggest Game Pass like thing I can think of. Yeah, for the like for this year anyway. Personally, yeah. What else do they have coming out? <laughs> Are they doing Outer Worlds too? Did that get announced? I think Outer Worlds 2 did, right? Isn't that Obsidian as well? How, Obsidian, how big is Obsidian? Yeah. Obsidian has quite a bit of stuff under their belt. Wow. Except for grounded updates. There's a big update coming. <laughs> like, we literally <laughs> shared the tweets yeah. earlier. And the previous one was like, what, February or something like that? Yeah, like, it's not that long. <laughs> yeah, so that's the... that's. Those are two big RPGs. What else could they possibly have coming? Do they have a shooter? Like Halo, obviously, but... That's already it. What's, what's bizarre is, is that Microsoft is so big already before they're even taking over this Activision Blizzard thing, if that happens, 
that I can't really think of. Like, I'm honestly surprised a lot of the time at what they show off. Like, oh, what? Like, damn, I didn't know they had that. I think we're going to have a couple of projects like that where um, what was that game about having your joy? We happy few. I have a feeling we're going to get a couple surprise games like that in that Mm -hmm. sort of tier of game. A couple more smaller kind of passion projects. Mm hmm. Uh, what about Stalker 2? Yeah, the Stalker 2 is supposed to come out this year, although I don't know whether it can due to the political situation we find ourselves in, but because aren't they in the Ukraine? Are they? I mm. thought so. Yeah, that might be bad taste. That's, well, I thought they were. Well, like I mean, I think there's studios there. Let's find out. So Yeah, Ukrainian, obviously- uh, Ukrainian based in Kiev. Yeah, so oh, they're yeah. probably delayed for fucking good reason. Um, so there's that whole situation. Although, who knows how far they got it, got and whether or not they'll use it to like power power their way through. Because obviously, they need revenue, stuff like that. Who knows? We'll see. But we'll probably get oh, another be- trailer of it at, at the very least. You know what? Uh, Hellblade Two is probably going to be shown off. Hellblade Two, yeah. It's hard to figure out which ones are. I'm looking at a list of like upcoming Xbox games, but it's not Xbox like Studios games. I can't so, think of a single other. It's like, are we going to get another Gears? Oh yeah, what what are they working on now? Right? Who is that even? Like, isn't it Epic and someone else? No, Epic's not in that anymore. It's right? uh, what's it called, Volition Studios or something like that? Yeah, that's right. Or. Oh, what is it? Wait, Volition is Saints Row, right? Yeah, no, that's not right. Saints Row it's, is actually coming um, out soon, I think. The Coalition. Coalition, yeah. That's, that's what it is. People Can Fly, Splash Damage, Mediatonic, Dark Side Game Studios, and Epic Games uh, previously, right? Yeah, like it, uh, I think up to Gears 3 was Epic Games, and then they formed... The coalition as the studio that took over <laughs> for judgment and then every game since. I think. What about Fable? You guys are big Fable fans, right? Oh, that would be it a would, nice one. That actually seems fairly likely now that you say that. I would love a Fable. Uh, I would love a, a Fable. Well, they announced well, it. They announced like, that Fable. Yeah. No, I mean like a Fable reveal. Oh, this, or not a reveal. This is like saying it's not quite a teaser. Fable four, but it is the Horrible. same. Like, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different for sure. Like you, they they won't have the same spirit as when it was Lionhead because there was a pretty unique sense of humor. Yeah, so the games are pretty wacky. Fable actually, Fable Legends cracked me up. Almost leads me to a uh, to like a potential query corner questions like do Whoa. you still trust a game if the studio developing it changes? No. Okay. <laughs> Although, I, sh- I shouldn't say on. no. I shouldn't <laughs> say no, but you you it, it is weird that uh, people like assume the same quality will be there when it's right. a completely different team. You know. And and there's a weird thing that happens with I think with games but not with movie studios is that somehow people know when it's not the main developer and the game usually gets like either poor reviews or just people don't generally buy it in the same quantity as they would normally. 
you know you can just tell like there, yeah. are, there are different tells that it's not the same devs whereas like with a movie you could be watching a series of movies and not realize that the director changed halfway through right it probably has to do with the fact that games are like interactive and a game will like feel different it'll feel off as mm-hmm. you're playing it like the pacing is different or the the, the aiming even or the, something. The, well sure like mechanically but I, I mean like some maybe some mechanically but also just like thematically unless there's like a blatant theme change just because of the fact that it's a different game like a sequel mm-hmm. i don't know it seems it's all very like speculative and, and subjective obviously but like it's an interesting point that I would, I like absolutely agree with, but never noticed. I think um, New Vegas is one of the rare occasions where like another studio did a better job. Um, I mean, as a fan of New Vegas, like I do like New Vegas more than Fallout Three. I don't necessarily think that New Vegas is inherently a better game than Fallout Three. Uh, well, let me let me let me amend that. I don't I don't mean necessarily a better job, but like. They did a game that people enjoyed. Oh, despite the studio change. Yeah. Like the studio change didn't play a factor in the enjoyment necessarily. Yeah, because there's stuff like Mass Effect and Andromeda was made by a different studio that didn't do so sure. well. You know. Just the people might have been surprised at how good it was, given that it wasn't it was like a handoff from Bethesda. Yeah. There was also uh um Batman um which one was that? Batman Origins was made by W. Montreal rather than Rocksteady. Right. That one, a lot of people didn't like that game. You know. Arkham Origins. Yeah. Uh, I have a list here of the Xbox Studios studios, so we can go through them if you want to do quickly. So we got 343. This is from Xbox.com. So this is uh, 343 Studios, or 343 Industries. So that would be, obviously, Halo. So they're probably got Mm -hmm. their hands full with Halo Infinite. They could Um, announce... um, some new seasons for the multiplayer. Maybe I heard I heard that uh, a battle royale may be coming or something like that. So they could show something off Halo, right? Some updates coming to Halo. Yeah, yeah I don't. There's a lot of people like yelling about Halo, and I don't get it. But I, the more I hear about it, I think I don't get it because I'm not a massive Halo player. I really enjoy the lore and stuff and the aesthetic, but. I think you just have to be like a person that's maybe played Halo more than me to get like a <laughs> yeah. lot of the complaints. Some of the complaints, sure, it's like monetization or blah blah blah. I get, but some of the stuff is just like I just don't get. Like I would never have thought to ask for that. So, mm-hmm. um, World's Edge, which previous project was Age of Empires four, I believe. So we could see something Age of Empires ish. Maybe a have we ever seen something Age of Empires? <laughs> yeah, Age of Empires is owned by Age of Empires four. I think was revealed, right? No, but did we ever see that at a conference? I think four was, wasn't it? Oh, maybe four is new. Like it's the newest one. Yeah, Uh, I thought it was. I know that Age of Empires, like, wasn't there a a remaster of Age of Empires, and they were like true to the original and something like that. Yeah, something that that. sounds familiar. Yeah. So I think that was shown off a number of years ago, and then obviously Age of Empires four, the Coalition, which we've already talked about. Uh, There's also Compulsion Games. I don't know what that is. What have they done? Uh, I don't Compulsion? know. Compulsion? Compulsion games, yeah. Compulsion games, we all fall down. Oh, based in Montreal. Oh, for we ha- oh, it's a DLC for We Happy Few. They did the DLC for We Happy Few? Well, that was in, that was their latest blog post. I just pulled up their website quickly. So uh, oh, I then they did the contrast made... in 2013. 
Did they make We Happy Few? Holy as well? crap. Contrast was the, I think, a PS Plus game when the PS4 launched. Oh my God. That sounds I, think, I think if you saw the image of the cover, you know what I'm talking about. Actually, I'm going to throw it in the chat here and see if you guys. I don't that know if you both had PS4s uh, at launch, but. I did. That along with uh, Rezo Gun. Oh, yeah. Which people oh, still say is the best PS4 game. Um. Oh yes, this one. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. They're owned by Microsoft now, man. Yeah. They're yeah, and they did. They are the developer on We Happy Few. Compulsion is. It's under it's underneath Xbox.com's Welcome to Xbox Game Studios page. Holy uh, crap! They must have they, bought them at some point. They list twenty three game studios. Um. Oh, they did buy them after We Happy Few, didn't they? I think so. That's right. Okay. There's also Double Fine. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, double fine. Yeah, which I don't hardly anything about. I or, hear about them all the time. We're not going to see anything psychonauts, of course, but maybe something else. All right. Uh, the next one says Xbox Game Studios Publishing, so we don't care about that. The next one is the Initiative. Well, we don't, <laughs> we're not going to say anything about specifically about their publishing. Like that. That's like, kind of random, right? Sorry. What was uh, the next one? The next one is the Initiative. Oh yeah. I don't know who they are. Like, this is what I mean. It's like they have, like, such a collection, but I just don't have these developers and these studios no, no, you, burned you in know, my mind. You know who the initiative is. Oh, okay. Of course. Uh, I think they're working on Perfect Dark. Ah, yeah, it says working on Perfect Dark. Okay, well. Perfect well, Dark. <laughs> you were exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in Exile Entertainment. Yeah, I've heard all these studios, but I can't put the game to the studios. Yeah. Uh, they have, Should have done uh, research. listed on their website. They have the Bard's Tale, Wasteland Three. Oh yeah, Wasteland Remastered, uh, the Mage's Tale, among others. Bard's Tale is old now, but that's like, I've had a lot of people recently telling me that I should pick up Bard's Tale because apparently it's extremely well written, very funny, and very good. Like the like, ARPG, like the, first like one? the action one. Uh, the-, the the first one from like a while ago. Because the because the action RPG is from the PS2. That's like a isometric yeah. fighting game. Yeah, I think that's that might be the one. Okay, because the other ones I think are turn based or something. They're different. It's a different formula. Right. Um. We also have Mo- Mojang or Mojang, whatever. Uh, Mojang Minecraft, Studios. Yeah. Um. Sounds familiar. Ninja, Ninja Theory. We already talked about Obsidian. We already talked about uh, Playground Games, which obviously did uh, Horizon, like Forza Horizon. So we could see an update about something Forza Horizon based. Um, more cars. More cars, yeah. More uh, horizons. Rare, rare, of course. Maybe a new Viva Pinata. That'd oh, be right. man. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be awesome. Uh, turn oh. 10. Uh, did you, you just yell 10. no? Oh, and they make too much money off CFDs. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah, so maybe we'll see some CFDs content. Turn 10, which is obviously Forza Motorsport. Uh, oh, this one, this one here, the new State of Decay from Undead Labs. Oh, You'll probably see uh, that. State of Decay 3. Yeah. yeah. We've, we've, we've only seen, seen that, that in a while. cinematic trailer, right? That's, that CG trailer. That was like, and what, that's a long like time two ago, years too. ago now? Mm-hmm. A year and a half ago? Uh, Bethesda Softworks. Again, they're a publisher, so we'll skip them for the argument of this. Uh, Bethesda Game Studios. So, I mean, <laughs> Starfield, I would assume. Um, <laughs> Who is that? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a space game. That Todd Howard loves. It's his magnum opus. I'm out. Um, Alpha Dog Games. 
Never which heard is known for wherever right I clicked on their webpage, they are they made Wraithborn action RPG. Okay. Huh. That's the number one thing on their webpage. So Okay. Zenimax Online, that's obviously ESO. Uh Tango Gameworks. Hear about it all the time. Don't know what it is. Tango Gameworks. Is Ghostwire Tokyo, I think. Oh. There are websites in another language, so I can't quite read it, but it does say Ghostwire Tokyo here. Uh, so I might be wrong. Uh, Id. So obviously, ah, yes. you have Doom, Doom, of course. Doom. Yep. And Quake? Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Okay. So. And Duke Nukem. And, and Duke Nukem. <laughs> uh, there's also Arcane. Oh. Oh, yeah, Dishonored. And uh, didn't they just do Deathloop? And Deathloop, yes. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we might, uh, we might that, see something maybe from them, but Deathloop's still pretty new. DLC I mean, for well, Deathloop, maybe? Deathloop isn't on Xbox yet. Um, oh. So whatever right? that... Uh, what's that, sorry? Exclusivity deal for the first year or something like that? Yeah, so it, I guess it could come at some point to Xbox. Maybe they'd announce it now for this holiday, I don't know. Seems a bit early, though. Because people will know that it's coming, so like, it would be yeah. like a throwaway announcement. If they yeah. have other things to fill the time with, they probably won't. It's a great game. I don't have either of you played it. I haven't. No, no. I would definitely try it if you don't want to buy it. Uh, wait for it on Game Pass. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it seemed seemed like by description, it seems like something that would be up my alley. But I saw the gameplay of it, and I was like, yeah, I mean. I would play it if I had nothing else to do, kind of thing. <laughs> which, which is like pretty like low praise, but I don't know. I just Aww. weirdly it doesn't quite seem like it would be that fun to me. It's but just it's it's. I mean, the gameplay is fun, but it's more uh, it's more, the, more the, the character characters. dynamics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, machine games. So that's uh, Wolfenstein. Right. Uh, so like, maybe could see something there. Uh, I want to say someone told me because I haven't experienced this myself that the storyline with BJ is over BJ Blaskowitz or whatever his name I don't know if that's true uh, that's total total from memory and could be not real <laughs> so we'll maybe another project of some sort or maybe another uh, Wolfenstein we'll see and then uh, finally as as of listed here anyway is Roundhouse Studios which doesn't have a link to their site when I click on their thing so sweet What's so I like I don't know I get the impression that this is going to be like this is going to be largely Starfield right? Uh, they are working on Indiana Jones game as well. Oh right, oh that's right. Yeah, what studio is that? That's Bethesda, right? That's Bethesda. Bethesda. I think yeah, BGS. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the attention is going to be on Starfield because that's going to be their major big big I mean, big game. Yeah. Right. Imagine they just do a huge, like, two-hour-long, just like, here's tons of gameplay. Here's how the story's going to go. Oh, my God. It'd be too much. I'd, I'd die as we were chowing down on pizza. <laughs> what if? Uh, so what's interesting is, is that is so I looked up, um, I looked up Roundhouse Studios, and just from their Wikipedia page, uh, they were named Human Head, in, Human Head Studios Incorporated. There's a number of games in here, but the one that, I, that stuck out to me 
it, is Brink. No, it's not. But that is one of them. Is um, <laughs> good game. <laughs> uh, it's Defiance. No, again, Aww. I'm just joking. But it's it's the no. it's it's the prey from 2006. She's just turning the knife. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but it's the prey from 2006. That's the original prey before Bethesda changed it into like I don't know a moon simulator or whatever the hell it is. I've never actually played it, so don't quote me on that. But um, I don't know if you guys remember that. It's like a first-person shooter that's kind of like aesthetically similar and from my very limited knowledge of uh, Doom 3 and it. It's like from mm-hmm. that sort of shooter era. And I know a lot of people that love Prey, and I recently watched a review of someone who played it and really like really enjoyed it. And he likes mm-hmm. both of the games, like the new Prey and the old Prey, but he's like, they're just different games. Like, why are they both Prey? Which is, mm-hmm. a, fair, which is a fair assessment. Uh, from what I saw, so that's interesting. And then there's also some sort of series called Rune, and I can't think of what that is. So it's familiar. But uh, yeah, there's Rune, Rune Halls of Valhalla, Rune Viking Warlord, and then oh, way down yes. Rune Two, the Viking game. That makes sense. So oh, Dungeon Defenders Two. Well, there you go. Which we never played the second one, Tim. But no, you and I was, played the first man, one. Holy shit, that was so long ago. That was, that was like a long the, time ago. That was that fucking was the awesome. Second game I ever downloaded on Steam. The first was Skyrim, and I remember being pissed that I had to download Steam to play Skyrim <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, "Why do I need a launcher? I just want to launch the game for my computer." And then, you know, now it's actually really helpful to have. Now the industry's moved on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was the same way with stuff too. It's like you you buy a disc from Future Shop. And that's dead too. Rest in yep. peace. And and then you, yep. you like come home and it's like Steam. What the? Yeah. Annoying. But uh, that's our that's that that's the studios listed on the Xbox.com game Xbox Game Studios page. I mean, it's pretty good. That's a lot a of people have been complaining lineup. about uh, Xbox not having a lot of first party titles, but it seems like they're kind of uh, building that out. Obviously, it takes time to make games. You know. You know what I'm hoping for from Starfield? Not to like stick on that, but the one thing I'm hoping for from Starfield is something that I I get from Elden Ring, which is I really enjoy Elden Ring. The best part of it about it, in my opinion, is the exploration. I really like Mm -hmm. just, again, like 60-40 and usually 60 in favor of finding something when you go looking down an alleyway or little like side passage or if you go exploring and you're like, well, that kind of looks like a ledge I could walk on. And again, like 60-40, there's going to be something there. Sometimes it's something very good. Uh, and sometimes it's really well hidden in plain sight. It's like a weird wall angle that blocked it or an elevator on an elevator. You know, that type of stuff is, is pretty cool, um, which I know is a lot of FromSoft games have that stuff. But this is my first sort of yeah firsthand complete playthrough, I guess. So, like, that's, it's pretty cool to me. Bread and butter FromSoft, yeah. So, like, I hope that Starfield offers a similar thing in space, you know, weird stuff going on, whatever. They said it's going to be grounded sort of in reality, which I'm fine with. But it'd be cool to be able to explore these planets sort of in P, you know, don't have to hit hit the game too hard, whatever, just sort of do it casually and like really just find stuff. Don't be guided too much if I don't need to be. And what I'm going to like about it is pro- it's not going to probably be as hard as Elden Ring. So, so I hope it has the expiration of Elden Ring <laughs> without getting my fucking ass kicked is basically what I'm asking for. But uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to have a game like that because something like uh, No Man's Sky is cool for that. But it's still like the planets are still not as like crafted as like a fully crafted world. They <laughs> still have like a lot of like procedural generated areas, let's say. Well, that's just the thing with open world games, right? Like you have to make it if you're going to have this this big world, you have to fill it with stuff that's worth your time. 
like and i feel like that's a thing that like just to use an easy example like that's the thing that like ubisoft does not seem to understand it's like just having a big world is not enough like sure you can brag about having like oh a big open world adventure that's like thirty thousand square kilometers it's like great but if there's nothing to do in it then i don't care like and, and having sections of your game that are just big for the sake of being big is also not fun like even in Elden Ring, there yeah, are, are some areas towards the end where it's like it's just like it's it's pretty clear that there was a lot more care and attention put into developing the first areas of the game than the um than the like end areas. And the end areas are a little bit big just for the sake of being big. Like they're not as densely packed and. I'm not really sure why that's the case. Maybe it's just because they kind of wanted to do more, but they ran out of time because they always do. Um, but that being said, I mean, the game itself is overall still very good, but that's the difference with Elden Ring and most FromSoft games is that if, if you're going to take the time to scour an area, it's usually worth it. Like there's usually something that's really good there and a couple of other like, also good things and sometimes some crap things that are there just to bait you. But for the most part, like, like Elden Ring hides some of the absolute best stuff in the game behind illusory walls because only FromSoft is confident enough in their player base to hide the best stuff in the game behind somewhere that most players will never find unless you look it up. Like it's, it's, it's a, a level of confidence in a studio that you rarely see. It's part of their, it's part of like their, almost their strategy in a way, because it's like, if you find something behind an illusionary wall and let's say Ryan and I don't, you can kind of tell that story. It's like, we all have like a gameplay story, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which is pretty cool. And you're hundred percent right on like the searching around. I think, Oh no, yeah, it was with you, Tim. So like we were, uh, you were doing something and I was just waiting for you to get into an area where we could summon each other. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to run into this little building that's beside the entrance to this, to this other city. And you're like, oh, is it, is it this place? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's like uh, one of the harder, (laughs) that's one of the harder places Uh in the game in terms of puzzle and boss. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like this is a tiny little square on the map. You know, I only looked over here because I was waiting for you and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll poke around and see what's over there. I go over there and now I, you know, we've uncovered this whole fucking thing. And then also across the way from it, there's another cave back there. Yep. There's a there's a catacomb on one side and then a hero grave on the other. (laughs) People that have fought the Crucible Knight duo will know what we're talking about. What's crazy Uh, about it, too, is that, like, when we're going (laughs) through it. Like, an, like if we're going through, say, a, an Assassin's Creed Odyssey, when I'm going through and I find a cave, I don't actually want to go into that cave. It's it's, it's in the way, like it's in it's in the way of my of my progress. Oh, I'm on the way to the city. I'm on the way to this NPC. What am I going to do? Go in there and find some like iron and maybe fight a bandit. Like like it's just not worth it. Ninety nine percent of the time, at least not in my opinion. That's there so are, sad. There are some places that are super cool. There's like a Minotaur place and this and that. Like there are pl- cool places. But with Elden Ring, I'm like, man, I found a place. I really should go down there because I've really like I'm getting my ass kicked 24 seven and I want anything and everything I can get to help me, whether it's killing the creatures, getting the runes and leveling up or going in there and finding something that's going to help me some sort of piece of equipment. Like I really should go in there 
there's an incentive to go in places because you're like, Jesus, if I run too far ahead in the story, I'm going to get my ass beat and I'm already getting my ass beat. <laughs> so like I need help. Usually so, there's a good incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Like not always, but I mean, then it would just become boring too. Like there has to be some variance. Yeah. And, well, it's, it's not always about like what you're going to find as well. Like a lot of the time I've, I've done dungeons or whatever in Elden Ring that are just like the loot wasn't great, but the puzzles were cool. And like, oh, sure. Or the way that they hid something behind like an illusory wall that even if it was just like a rare crafting material, which is not that great. The fact that they like hid it there and just the way they did it, I'm like, you know what? I can appreciate that. Like they put that there just for the fun of it. And that's it, it's fun to find the satisfaction is in the exploring itself rather than like the it's about the journey, not the destination. At damn the it. <laughs> God damn it. So, oh, but it is. uh it is true, though. Like, games are supposed to be fun. Games aren't supposed to be chores. And like you say, with like going into a, a into a dungeon that you don't want to because it wouldn't be worth your time. Like, that's pretty sad. Like, somebody somebody sad, developed, yeah. developed that. Somebody made the art and the assets for it and put characters there and wrote dialogue, potentially, and stuff like that. And if it's just not, it's not worth it, then they've wasted their time to an extent. I mean, there, there's always people out there that are going to appreciate it, but like, you know, I feel I feel bad when I'm playing a game and I'm like, man, this just isn't fun. Like somebody put a lot of work into this, but it wasn't it wasn't good enough, you know, like. <laughs> like how many locations have we skipped through in Skyrim or Oblivion and stuff like at least I did, I have like, oh, there's a cave here. I don't have a quest here. <laughs> I just take off. It's on my map. I know where it is. It's fine. I would be off. interested. I would be interested to see in like a Skyrim or Oblivion, like if there are locations that I've definitely found multiple times but just never explored. Because there's got to be at least one. There's got to be a, a couple, right? Because Skyrim used to actually mark them cleared. Yes, that's true. That was quite nice. That was a good feature. But yeah, like in Oblivion, there are so many locations. Like, because to be fair, Oblivion had like I think one person designing all of the dungeon interiors. So yeah, like, yeah, something like that. It was all. It was all very, very samey. Um, you'd seen one, you'd kind of seen them all, except for the story locations. Like the story locations were well designed, but that's because it was like more of the team. But all the, all the sort of, um, busy work dungeons, so to speak, were were designed by one person. So a lot of the puzzles are the same, and the room layouts are the same, and things like that. But uh, it's, I would be interested to see if there's if there's some place that I've seen many times but just been like you know looking up things online while i'm playing through the game and it's like there's no notable loot in there so it's like ah well skip it then all right let's move on oh sorry oh no i was just gonna say it's definitely it's definitely a good point like that somebody worked on that and like if you skip by it it's it's almost like a failing of the game mechanics or something (laughs) you know what i mean it's really sad when someone's like like only ten percent of players have gone into this one this one cave. Well, yeah, it's like, like it's like why isn't it engaging, you know? And I think that's <laughs> yeah. that, that would be that would be good feedback. I think for the for the developers to have is like if you could see the stats on like how many people went into a particular location, and if it's like ten or fifteen percent, it's like well, why is it? Is it hidden too well? Is it that you go in and the reward isn't worth it? So they're talking with their friends. They're saying, oh yeah, skip fucking ball bash or cave because there's nothing good in there. Ball Basher Cave. <laughs> I was going to honestly, the first thing I was going to say was Rock Milk Cave, uh, but that's uh, like the best cave in Oblivion for loot. So <laughs> I, I've been to that website. Don't worry. Oh. Um, 
<laughs> Founded it, actually. No. It was a weird day buying that domain. I was going to say, were you surprised, but now you've acknowledged <laughs> it as well? Like... <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Uh, speaking of uh, Microsoft games, they might be adding more to their, to their list uh, as the Activision Blizzard shareholders have approved the sale to Microsoft. Uh, this is from GameSpot. Um, so they apparently had a vote on whether or not, or not to approve the proposed acquisition of the company by Microsoft, and they overwhelmingly approved the deal. The publisher has announced that over 98% of shares voted in favor of the deal, paving the way for the acquisition to go through. Although there are still a number of hurdles to overcome before it's a reality. In an SEC filing, it was revealed the final vote was 539 million shares in favor, with just under 9 million against, fewer than 1 million abstained from voting. Uh, and they said, uh, today's overwhelming supportive vote by our stockholders confirms our shared belief that combined with Microsoft, we will be even better positioned to create great value for our players, even greater opportunities for our employees, and to continue our focus on becoming an inspiring example of a welcoming, respectful, and inclusive workplace. And this is a little kind of funny because it's, it's coming from Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, um, who is apparently going to receive a, a very healthy uh, exit deal. Uh, if this if this deal closes, how many uh, so votes did you say were in favor? In favor of selling? Yeah, five hundred thirty nine million shares. Oof. Okay. Now that's not five hundred thirty nine million people. Right. Yeah. Uh, they still have like nine million was no. Yeah, that's like it's that ten to one. It's more than <laughs> thirteen to one. Uh, they still have issues. They're going to face scrutiny from regulators, including the U.S.'s uh, Federal Trade Commission and those in other regions, including the EU and China. Uh, those could slow the deal or halt it entirely, as we saw with NVIDIA's recent takeover attempt of ARM, which ultimately fell through. So it's not a sure deal. Um, but how do you guys think this will go? Uh, I heard that the stock is actually trading below, like well below what Microsoft purchased them for, which which I guess they're saying hints at investors not being sure this will actually go through. Time to buy. Buy up all the shares. God. I mean, that could be a strategy. I mean, this is not investment advice, as I believe we're supposed to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's but correct, yeah. They were talking about how, like, if the shares are at, like, 70 bucks or whatever, and Microsoft's buying it for $95 per share, you know, buy some shares now, and then you'll They'll get them purchased from you, I guess, when Microsoft makes the deal and you'll make a healthy profit. Well, it depends on what they buy them at, right? That's locked in. That's already that's already part of the deal. So oh, they, that can they, never. Oh, that, that like that can't be variable. That's not a percentage of something or anything. I'm no expert. I'm no expert, but I don't I don't think it does. I think when they make the deal, they say we're buying the company for this price per share. Uh, OK, OK. Yeah. But um, if this goes through, um. That's a lot of games for Xbox. And well, COD uh, is a is a fucking huge one. Yeah, are there any games that you guys want to see like improve that Xbox might be able to help make better or or Yeah, Call like of Duty that? shouldn't be over 100 gigs. <laughs> yeah, like right away I can tell you that right now. Call of Duty should not be over 100 gigs. That's fucking crazy. I mean, it could be in the ballpark, I think. How many skins? How many skins are in Fortnite? The skins can't take up that much. But what what's taking up all that space in 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 Warzone who, and crap? Then? Actually, 
Uh, Fortnite did release a patch that actually reduced the install size. That's great. I'm fine with Whoa. it growing a bit and then them going back and doing some maintenance or whatever. That's and all. Call fine of Duty doesn't do that. Well, well, they have, and come on. <laughs> Wasn't it something like like a like a 256 gig hard drive or maybe it was 128 gig hard drive SSD? I think it was. Sorry, 128 gig hard SSD or 256 was unable to boot Warzone. Was unable to update it or something like that. Well, because the game, if you're if you're playing like the mainline Call of Duty game along with Warzone, yeah, the install size is around like 250, I think. But isn't or, that or crazy? It's, it's, it's high. And so, if you had like a budget PC, like a budget gaming PC, and you put like a, SS, a 256 SSD in there, you're screwed. <laughs> you can't play that game. So, like, isn't that isn't that nuts? The nuts that like we used to play COD all the time back in the day with 360 with the disc. So, like, fine, but. At least back then, when things started becoming digital, none of our friends or none of my friends in particular downloaded it or talked about the size of it. But we never really had a problem. Modern Warfare, specifically with Warzone, come in. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And then it just blows up to this unbelievable size. What's happening? Is it all the skins and updates? But other games have that, don't they? Unless COD is like bar none adding so much content that they just can't contain it. So them 4K textures. Uh, you know well, what? Uh, that that's a fair point. Is on the on COD Mobile, you can decide to download HD or regular, and then you can also just not download certain assets that you're not going to use in piecemeal. Like I wonder if that's the that's the ticket there. Like that might be smart because even COD Mobile, you download everything. That's pretty damn big. Like that, that game's pretty big for a phone. Actually, it I can is. check how big it is. It, it is quite I th- large. I think it's over 10 gig. Here's the annoying part too: is like my apps like back up to my uh, my cloud storage, and Call of Duty backed up gigabytes upon gigabytes of data. No other app does that. Imagine if you but backed co- up your console. COD Mobile decided to just back up a ton of stuff. You're down. You're backing up a 200 gig file just for freaking Warzone and COD. Like, come on. So Call of Duty Vanguard, its install size apparently maxed out at 93 gigabytes on console. But this article notes that other games in the series have crested 200 gigabytes. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Come on. Like, I, I'm fairly certain if you were to say get a mainline COD and you don't install Warzone, which I'm not sure. I think you can do that now. But back when I played, you, you, you could yeah. they were together. Yeah. So I, I assume you can do that now. Sure. Yeah. Maybe Warzone's the the bad thing or whatever. And the other and the regular mainline game is a regular, let's say, size, like a normal size. Great. But Warzone can't be that big. Fortnite's not that big. I understand Fortnite's in a styled thing, and obviously they have different needs and whatever, but allow me to just have generic skins on people, at least, if I don't want to download 100 gigabytes extra. <laughs> like, there's got to be a solution to this. Like, this is out of control. Can't imagine why I would want to. COD Mobile is 15.8 gigabytes on my iPad. For a mobile game? That's crazy. <laughs> Microsoft, help us! <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know if they can. It might be a problem with the engine or something, right? Something like it I'm could sure be an they old, know. outdated engine that can't optimize it properly, or maybe it doesn't work so well with, well with 4K or high res graphics, or who knows? I'm no, I'm no developer, so well, I don't know if you get, you ever played or you have you've played Modern Warfare, the 2017, yeah. or 2018, or whatever it was, like the remake, um, right? Yeah, the remake, the one for the one, the more recent one, not COD Four. Um. Anyway, so COD Modern Warfare. Um, that one ha- introduced ground war, which was more like battlefield ish, you know, big map tanks and crap like that. 
And I found that that game had a hell of a lot of pop in and crap. And I kind of attribute this, like as an outsider though, like unconfirmed, I attribute that to the engine where the engine's probably designed for small maps and close quarter combat. And it can easily render and unrender things as you go around. But now that you're in this, like a massive skyscraper sniping like 700 feet, <laughs> you know, way down at an angle, yeah. you have to have that view distance. I can only imagine what that, engine is struggling to like i can only imagine that the engine is just struggling or at least back then was struggling to do that because that's not what it used to do uh any other games you're hoping to see uh microsoft own i guess actually tim what would get back what would get you back into world of warcraft um I mean, if so i've I've actually read a couple articles recently on like the difference between wow and other um like popular mmos and like the reason that things like um final fantasy are doing so well is because they focus on the story and like there's a lot of um complaints for wow that like the story is so like janky and just not it's it's not enough to keep anybody hooked like nobody mm-hmm. goes like oh man i love wow lore well actually i should say i i do love warcraft lore that's part of the reason i fell in love with like um fell in love with fantasy lore to begin with i think a lot of it can be attributed to wow but or, or warcraft anyway um and i was really excited like that was my favorite part of playing as a kid was exploring like all of the um the 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 worlds and the world locations and environments and stuff and it's just it's too hard for new players to get into now because there's just so much content there's like 15 years worth of content in that game oh yeah there's so many locations and now like in the most recent expansion they made it so like everything is leveled to you now pretty much so it very loosely kind of matters where you go but you can just go anywhere in like in the first um, like expansion of the game or not expansion, but the first uh, like base game until like mm-hmm. level 20 or 30 or something. And then for the next 10 levels, you can pick between the first three expansions and for the next or up to level. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly how it works, but for a certain number of levels, you can pick any of the first three expansions and then the next bunch of levels, the next three expansions. And then the next bunch of levels is like the current expansion. And while that is a more interesting, accessible way of doing it, it's like I really enjoyed as a kid playing through like the Burning Crusade story and then doing the Wrath of the Lich King story and then doing the Cataclysm story and then doing like et cetera, et cetera. And you mm-hmm. could you could still do that. You just wouldn't get any like experience out of it. And you wouldn't get any like notable loot out of it, which is like half the like incentive to do that stuff anyway. Um But yeah, as it as it stands, like with uh, like funnily enough bringing up guild wars 2 like again that was a game that focused on having a narrative through the game and like there's a reason i think that that uh people enjoy that and like those games are doing well is because they've shown that people are interested in having a through narrative and feeling like their character actually like means something in the world and that sort of thing whereas wow it's just kind of like you you exist and that you're one of a million other heroes, so it's not really like that impressive of a thing. 
Crunch so, some numbers, please, and try yeah. to advance. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just like wow. I saw somebody say, uh, or I saw a comment one time that was just really like quite telling. It was basically just like wow is for wow players. It's not for anyone else. Jeez, that sounds so uh, almost cruel. Well, not that it's not for them. It's just like it's not. It's, it's not the type kind, of person who's playing it's it. Not, it's not kind to them. It's like it's really not easy to to get into it. I think is the biggest problem. And then there's always the rumor that uh, could be coming to console. They might want that on Xbox, you know, expand yeah, the player yeah. base. Yeah, I mean, they had um, they finally have controller support. Mm-hmm. So. Which I don't think I've ever played an MMO with a controller. I yeah, so have, have you it. tried it? No. I did. I, I did buy it on PS5, but I never downloaded and played it. What? You just purchased it, but you had it on PC anyway, and then you just you did never booted it up. It was it was on sale on PlayStation for like I don't know, like ten or fifteen bucks. And I just thought might as well. <laughs> Didn't you not I, like it on PC? No, I do like the game. It's just not. Uh, if no one else is playing it, I find it hard to play MMOs. It's just uh, fair enough. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I played like, Sotor because it was Star Wars. I played that by myself. Um, but anything else, it's really hard to get into. I think that would be the only thing, like you say, what would get me back into it. I think that would be the only thing that would get me back into WoW is like if everybody I knew just suddenly got into WoW. Let's like, do it. Everyone was always playing it. And there were always people online. Like that's probably the only thing that would that would bring me back to WoW. And even then, like, I don't know. I just don't know if the game itself can yeah. can hold up. I mean, that's what kept us on Fallout for so long. Like we were during, especially during the pandemic, we were just online almost every night playing, uh, playing Fallout with the, uh, with friends. I think it's just different for me too, because like I'm not my teenage self anymore. Yeah, and I have a way different life than I did then, and my life lended itself to you know playing MMOs until one yeah. in the morning or two in the morning every day, and I, I just I can't do that anymore because I have other things that I need to do. Yeah. Well, this is a big deal, um, and it'd be a shame if it... Uh, well, I'm not sure if it's a shame or not yet, I guess. But it would be crazy if it did get, you know, stopped. I'm sure Microsoft really wants this to go through. Um, they obviously thought it was worth spending the... What was it? $80 billion or something like that? Some crazy number, right? How much did they spend on it? Anyone remember? I, I don't remember, but I know it was big. <laughs> yeah, so that'd be uh, pretty bad for Microsoft if that got stopped. Although they save some cash, though, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like the cash gets taken. <laughs> not like they get they just like yeah. to get the cash taken away from them, and it's like, yeah, sorry, bud, good try, yeah. good try, bud. Wasted. All right, let's move on to the final story of the week. PlayStation has set up a new game preservation system, uh, preservation team. Sorry, uh, this comes from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, Garrett Fredley, uh, who had previously been working as a build engineer for Canadian mobile developer Kabam has now joined PlayStation as a senior build engineer. And he posted on his uh, Twitter, today is my first day as a senior build engineer for PlayStation, working on as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. Game preservation was my uh, first career passion. It was my first foray into the world of software engineering DevOps and into a world that so many are unaware of. I was just a novice back then, contributing any way I could, regardless of my inexperience. Now I'm back to it. No longer the novice I once was. Uh, he had worked for EA between 2016 and 2019, where he solely led the preservation efforts for the FIFA franchise, resulting in the complete archival of multiple titles. Damn. So, 
So obviously, I think uh, I sent this Adriano and Matt. You guys were both surprised that PlayStation was doing something like this. Um, but I think it has to do with their PlayStation, their new PlayStation Plus tiers, where they're going to have PS1 and PS2 games available, right? So they well, probably I, need a guy to or a team of people to preserve that. Well, I'm curious about this, too, because those games are old now. PS1, PS2, even PS3 is pretty old now. And you, if they have the digital versions working... <laughs> And they're on PS Now slash this new PlayStation Plus, whatever it is. I would think that they're already kind of in that preservation stage. Now, whether they're going to be archiving stuff uh, in special hard drives or, you know, Faraday cages or whatever to avoid EMPs and whatever, like stuff like that. Maybe that's what this is going to be more about. It doesn't sound like that, though. Like engineering slash DevOps sounds more like developer-ish and it's just interesting to me and like system system and stuff. And it just, it's interesting to me that Sony would do this because Sony has a big back catalog, you know, there's no doubt, but there's obviously a lot of third parties and they even said themselves that there's going to be at that highest tier of PlayStation plus that there's going to be a rotating library of stuff, stuff. Some stuff gets added, some stuff gets removed. And so are they just preserving their own games? And if so, why create an entire preservation team and they're already available. So, why have a preservation team to begin with? And then also, obviously, to play to that thing I said earlier this week where I'm surprised Sony did this. I mean, I'm I'm so used to Sony just doing absolutely everything for money directly. Like, Sony seems to do things for money just straight up direct. Like, yeah, we'll allow cross-play, but then we learn later that some of the companies are, I think it was Epic or something, paid money. And we don't know whether that's the same for everyone else, but, like, we can assume, right, to have cross-play working. It's like, oh, Sony just did this for money. Right. Like, that's why they did this. They didn't just do this for the player base to like keep everyone happy. They wanted cash. Like, whatever. Fair enough. But why do this? Like, why not yeah, just I, why not just remake the games and then charge for them again? You know, this this kind of occurred to me, though. Um, it, we, we always think it means older games. But what if it could mean, you know, modern titles that they want to preserve for future consoles? Because if, if everything's kind of going to be working, you know. Like PS4 games work on PS5. I imagine PS5 games will work on PS6. You know, maybe they're looking at preservation in that direction. It's a fair point. And with with PS3 running only in the cloud, you have to stream them down because of the architecture or whatever other <laughs> yeah. technical challenges PS3 had. Maybe they're looking at making it. Maybe they don't they're want looking that to at PlayStation again. 3. Well, maybe they're maybe they're trying to fix to that even. Yeah. Like yeah. realistically, you could emulate it. Like more than likely, I would assume. Like there's, you could maybe binary convert it or something. I mean, there's a great catalog of games on the PS3 that are just kind of untouchable if you don't either have a PS3 or just like me, I don't, uh, I have no desire to hook it up and <laughs> go, go play them again. The PS3 is very clunky. Like the Xbox advanced really quickly. It went from the Blades to this and that. And I know that people love the Blades, but you know, it, it became this more modern interface over time. It's- and it, the PS3 has aged really poorly. It really poorly, right? Like it doesn't feel very modern. The Xbox has changed its look so many times. Vi- vi- like literally, the console has, and then visually, uh, in terms of the UI, it's changed so many times. Like the 360, if you boot that thing up, I mean, I'm sure it's still going to be a little dated, but it ain't going to be as dated as the XMB. Remember how good the the quick access menu was, though. And on the, the, on the 360. Yeah. Oh yeah. It like I mean it like it was like really good like it's it's better it's, than what they got today I think I'd agree with that yeah um I'm trying to do too much with it today 
Mm-hmm. But like that, that's sort of like how modern systems seem to be going right now. And then they, you know, they, they go too far and they cut back they go too far again yeah. and cut back. But like the PlayStation three just felt like it was stuck in time. You could mm-hmm. buy, you know, the PlayStation slim and the, play, the PlayStation three slim. And there was the PlayStation three with the one with the sliding lid. But the, the cross media bar was the cross media bar. I don't really remember. Pretty a, much from day one, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. it's very like, oh, where's my media apps? Like scroll then- over to the media thing and scroll down and. The PSP had the same cross media bar. The the thing is, is it suits the PSP. Yeah, it's it's very it very much suits the PSP. <laughs> like the PSP is older. It feels that way. It feels like it matches the PSP. The PS3 <laughs> it does not match. I don't think. Like maybe in the beginning, but like I have no desire to fucking hook up a PS3. Like if somebody says like, oh, yeah. like we got to boot this up on a <laughs> PS3, it's like I'm not fucking doing that. Like I'd rather just try to get like i'd rather pay for the game again if it's on xbox backwards compatibility because yeah. then it's just accessible to me you know mm-hmm. all right well, that's all we got i guess unless anyone has a query corner question they want to toss in at the last minute here i think we already uh already brought it up before what, what did we bring up no just the like does the studio changing affect your oh yeah your yeah I guess all? okay okay uh, Tim, where can the, the good folks find you? Typically, if you're interested in watching games in live format, interacting, there's a little website out there called twitch.tv slash the sidetrack, where you can catch me playing some Souls-like stuff. But, like I said, I'm starting up a Ocarina of Time randomizer, which I've never done before, and it should be a pretty good time. So swing on by for that if you're so inclined. Is a and randomizer can, one of those things that like makes makes it rain and then makes the world blue and like that type of stuff like at random? No, so it's it's like a like a loot randomizer. So anytime you open a chest, it could be anything. It could be oh. a key, it could be like a key item that you need. It could be like, um, it could be a weapon that you don't get until much later in the game, but then it and now it's at the beginning of the game kind of thing. Or it could be the weapon that is at the very beginning of the game is now in Ganon's tower and good luck, you know, getting to it kind of thing. So it really forces you to be a little more creative with like what you what tools that you use to achieve things, because you might not have what you would normally have by that point in the game. Okay. so, for example, like at the beginning of Ocarina of Time, you have to get your first sword and shield and then you can go do the first dungeon and it's sort of a way of introducing you to like how the game works, introducing you to shops, introducing you to how to acquire rupees, introducing you to interacting with characters, all that sort of thing. Um, you go to that first chest in, in the like little sort of maze area in Kikiri forest. It's not going to have the Kikiri sword. So you're going to have to figure out creative ways of dealing damage to enemies enough to like get other um resources that you will need because you can like for example you can kill like the diku babas and then they, they drop diku sticks and then you can what? use the sticks as a weapon so uh but they're consumable like they break on hit so you you get like one hit and that's it so it's it's a matter of kind of using the, the tricks that you know about the game and maybe using resources that you don't often use. Because if you want to just run through that whole game and just swing your sword the whole time, you absolutely can. But um, then it's like, oh, well, I don't have a sword, but I do have the bow and I have arrows. So maybe I'll just start using my bow a lot and that sort of thing. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see like um, how that goes. 
And there's the uh, the actual website. There's like a dedicated website and wiki and everything to this particular randomizer. There's a whole community around it because Ocarina of Time is one of the most like speed runned games, speed ran games of all time. So there are there are dozens of categories of speed run. There are hundreds of tricks that have been found, some more useful than others. Um, I have a very surface knowledge of some of them. So, uh, but the fun thing about the randomizer is that like, because the community around it is so big, the randomizer itself has so many tools that you can tweak. So you can tweak things like cosmetics just for fun, like changing links tunic color to one that it's not normally and changing your UI color and like things like that, the sort the color of the sword or the color of Navi or et cetera, et cetera sound effects what songs play where you can customize all that with the randomizer you can also choose like how random stuff is so you can also play a version of uh randomizer where when you walk through a doorway to go to another location it doesn't take you where you think it's like it doesn't take you where it's supposed to it takes you to some other random location oh so you have to kind of like remember like oh this exit out of kokiri woods doesn't actually take me to hyrule field and now it takes me to death mountain and then you just sort of have to like remember that and it makes it more tricky when you're trying to get to a place like kakariko village to then like go to the graveyard and get the get the hook shot that kind of thing it's like well it doesn't matter because like if you go to kakariko village and go to the graveyard you're not actually going to end up in the graveyard and if you are in the graveyard and you drop down the hole to go to the uh, the tomb where the race for the hookshot is you're not actually going to go down to that tomb you have to find some other random hole around the world that'll maybe drop you into the tomb you're looking for and then even when you do the race you might not get the hookshot so it's like there are levels and levels and levels to it if you want to go like super hardcore into it you can randomize absolutely everything um and then there are runs that are called like logic runs or without logic runs and logic basically just means that like if it's a logical run, it has to be completable without using glitches. So like, it's not going to lock, for example, like, um, uh, let's say like for, for beating the boss of the water temple, you have to have the hook shot or the long shot. So it's not going to put the hook shot or long shot somewhere that you could not realistically reach without having beaten the water temple. Oh, I see. Okay. Like it has That's what to I was be- going to ask. Like, is, is this going to yeah. like lock you out of shit? Yeah, so they've they've put great care into making it so that the game actually um, is still beatable um, for that. And there's different there's different like modes of difficulty that you can pick when you generate the seed for the randomizer. And uh, they said like I was watching a video like to how to set it up, and they were like, we would recommend like even if you are familiar with Ocarina of Time for your first randomizer, probably play on easy mode just so that you sort of get more of a sense of like how it works and just so things aren't too hard for you um and when you when you generate a seed it also generates a uh a cheat log basically so you can see where everything is if you get absolutely stuck and you're like i really need bombs and i cannot find where the bomb bag is then you can like go and look and it'll say bomb bag is the reward for doing the shooting shooting gallery in kakariko or whatever okay it'll just be like that um but yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, it'll be an interesting thing to, uh, to to play around with because it's really one of those things where your experience is going to be totally different from everybody else because your stuff is going to be where it isn't normally in the game and probably is different from anyone else who's generated a seed because there's a lot of chests 
and rewards in Ocarina of Time. So you never know what you're going to get. Speaking of open world games and making the reward worth the time and effort. Pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Matt, where can the good folks find us? You want me to do it? What? Yeah. Twitch.tv yeah. slash Day One Patch Media. Wednesdays, 8.30-ish Eastern slash Toronto time. <laughs> Toronto time. <laughs> to find New York City time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that it? <laughs> I don't That's know. It. I don't do it. The intro troll, that, that part of it usually. So Thanks I don't know. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see Going you next Going with a bang this week. Bang. What the fuck?